Welcome to Core the Matter, the weekly public affairs show on RLC WVPHFM in Piscataway 90.3, The Core. My name is Sarah Morrison. I'm your host, bringing you some fascinating topics that hit right home, always right in your backyard, never too far away for you not to relate to what we're talking about. Always in Central Jersey area, Rutgers, New Brunswick, Piscataway. But today, we're talking about a little town called Highland Park, New Jersey, barely even two miles wide, making some big impact in the environmental world. Concerns the environment. Definitely a major concern for students as well as activists who live in our area and on the banks of the Raritan, the very polluted Raritan. That concern recently hit a national stage. Highland Park, as I said before, barely two square miles big, really, really tiny place. It recently became the first town in the nation, the entire United States, all 50 of us guys, to ban a practice that may further harm than help our environment. Hydraulic fracturing, better known as fracking, is the process during which water oil, other other precious natural resources like gas are extracted from shale in a high-pressure process. Originally created to help find alter- alternative sources to coal as concern for coal's damage to the environment grew. Water Watch activists quickly caught on to the dangers that fracking proposed. The issues run the gamut from dirty water to chemicals used to extract the materials, including the recent discovery of the cancer-causing formaldehyde to suppress toxins in the once-impacted rock now floating freely in our drinking water. So Highland Park took action. Their band, the first of its kind, started a trend of other towns proposing their own bans to prevent the practice from reaching their own town's drinking supplies. And the heels of Highland Park came Princeton and set at least five other boroughs at press time, and this has only been going on not even a month. Although their bans may be symbolic in nature, it's shaking the ground all the way to the federal level. We spoke with Jim Walsh, New Jersey Director for Food and Water Watch, Kate Millsap with the Sierra Club, and Highland Park Councilman John Erickson about the harms of hydraulic fracking and the importance of making Highland Park the epicenter for environmental issues, not just for the county, but for the state and even the nation as well. First, we're going to play our interview with Kate Millsap, who's going to explain what the fracking process is and what exactly is done and what's so harmful to the environment. We're going to play about half hour of her, then our own Amy Bronstein interviewed Jim Walsh, the New Jersey Jersey Director of Food and Water Watch, and we're going to wrap up the show today with John Erickson. State streaming www.cord.fm or on your radio dial 90.3 in the Central New Jersey area. My name is Sarah Morrison. I'm your host of Core in the Matter. And without further ado, starting with Kate Millsap here on RLC, WVPHFM in Piscataway, 90.3, The Core. Hydraulic fracturing, or fracking for short, is a method of natural gas extraction and It's used in non-conventional shale formations, which is to say that when you drill a well, the natural gas just doesn't come pouring out of the well. It's actually trapped in the shale. So the gas companies need to use a method to extract the gas from the shale in order to get it out of the well. So what fracking is is the process that breaks up the shale under the ground to release that natural gas at a rate that's economical for the companies to be investing in renting well pads and developing these sites, going through the site reviews, etc. And the process is they take water and mix it with sand and unknown cocktail of chemicals and they pressurize it and inject it into the well and the pressurization breaks up the shale to release the natural gas. You mentioned economic 
factors in using the practice? Is there any other factors of why this would even be introduced in the first place? Well, without using fracturing, the, the well wouldn't produce the gas at a rate that would justify drilling. So this makes the gas flow quicker and, and more flows from the well. And I guess they're taking advantage of the dropped rate in natural gas, which is leading to more states looking to build natural gas plants and moving away from coal. So right now the trend has been to move towards more natural gas and the combination of fracking as a cheaper way to extract the gas and the number of residential and business users that are switching to natural gas is making it a powerful force moving forward in the energy sector. Okay, so you mentioned that it was introduced as a alternative for coal. So what would be the problem with fracking? What's the issue? Well, this is, it's very different than the conventional forms of gas drilling where they're not injecting these toxic compounds into the ground. But the main issue when you compare it to coal is that a recent study by Duke University found the greenhouse gas footprint from shale gas development to be um, 20 times greater than coal production over 20 years. So methane is a greenhouse gas that is 20 times more powerful than carbon at trapping heat in our atmosphere. And in the natural gas development process, methane leaks from the wells. It leaks from the gas pipelines and the compressor stations as it's being transported across multiple states. So the end product is a, um, a form of energy that is much more um, polluting to our environment than coal. So a main issue is pollution? We're very concerned with the greenhouse gases, but our, our main concern is what this will do for the drinking water supplies for New Jersey because right now there is a moratorium on fracking in the Delaware River Basin, and the Delaware River Basin provides drinking water to 15 million people, including New York City and Philadelphia, and approximately 3 million people in New Jersey, either that pull directly from the Delaware River or that pull from the Delaware and Raritan Canal, which is many towns in Mercer, Somerset, and Middlesex counties. And the drilling is on hold in the Delaware River Basin because there's a four-state compact called the Delaware River Basin Commission that is developing draft natural gas uh, regulations. So once those rules are adopted, the moratorium will be lifted. And the draft rules being proposed by the DRBC would allow for water withdrawals in New Jersey and for wastewater to be discharged in New Jersey. So it would allow for the water withdrawals directly from the Delaware River or companies could come into New Jersey, pull from our um, waterways and truck it back into Pennsylvania or New York for drilling. So we're concerned that this is going to lower the amount of water available to the 3 million New Jersey residents that depend on the Delaware and DNR Canal. And then we're also concerned that it's going to upset aquatic ecosystems because the Delaware River Basin Commission is using um, basically low flow standards, which is drought conditions. 
So any organisms in the aquatic ecosystem that aren't dependent on drought conditions are going to be knocked out, vegetation and wildlife. We're also concerned with the wastewater discharges because, as I was saying before, they mix this unknown fracking chemical cocktail with the water before it goes down into the well. And right now, fracking is exempt from seven of 15 major federal environmental laws, including the Safe Drinking Water Act, Right to Know, and Clean Water Act. So we don't know all the chemicals being injected, but the New York Department of Environmental Conservation, they're currently doing a study on the fracking wastewater, and they found at least 260 chemicals. They identified at least 260 chemicals being used, and many of them were carcinogens and endocrine disruptors, such as benzene, formaldehyde. Uh, They've been known to inject diesel fuel into the wells. So you have all of that going in. And then once the water is in the well, breaking up the shale formation, it releases naturally occurring toxic materials that would have been trapped underneath the ground but are now coming back up in the wastewater to the surface, such as arsenic and radionuclides. So you have all of these compounds in the water and the drillers are bringing the water to local sewage treatment plants and it's getting treated at a facility that can't handle removing those kinds of compounds from the water So those compounds are basically getting diluted and discharged back into our waterways. And we've seen in Pennsylvania that the drillers are willing to truck the wastewater 200 miles into Ohio to find a treatment facility that will accept the wastewater. So we're very concerned that if drilling starts in the Delaware River Basin, that they will be trying to find local sewage treatment plants to accept the fracking wastewater here in New Jersey. And all of those compounds will be entering our waterways. Are we drinking that wastewater? Well, if it enters our waterways, I mean, there's water supply intakes all along the Delaware. On the Passaic River, you have water supply intakes. On the the Swimming River, down in Monmouth County, there's different communities are dependent on different rivers in the Rahway River that feeds the or that supplies water to the entire city of Rahway. So it would depend on which river they're discharging it into and at what point, but there are a number of water supply intakes for municipalities that draw directly from the rivers. But the fracking water that you're talking about in question is in Pennsylvania. How does that affect Highland Park in particular, which was the first town in the nation to ban the practice, and in Middlesex County or the central New Jersey area? We're concerned that they're going to be taking the water and then discharging it into our waterways. So if you discharge it into the Delaware River upstream, it will work its way into the DNR Canal and then enter the drinking water supply for Middlesex County. And what effect does fracking have on our environment outside of problems you pointed out like leaking with or drilling and bringing sludge and formaldehyde, which it just it was just released that formaldehyde causes cancer and all these other materials coming out. But things like trapping in the air, other other different effects, what what impact will that have on our environment? Well, A big concern for us is that right now the Delaware River Basin is an 89% forested watershed that it's designated wild and it's a designated wild and scenic river due to its exceptional resource and recreational value and that each well pad 
it will require five acres of clearing for the well pad, the staging area, and wastewater impoundment. So you're going to be industrializing a forested watershed. We've already seen over the past 10 years the flooding on the Delaware River. And if you're transforming the basin into an industrial site that's going to exacerbate the flooding problem, um, you're going to have soil erosion, loss of carbon sequestration in the trees, impacts to wildlife. What we're also concerned about is the associated pipeline infrastructure that's being put into place to transport the gas from the Marcellus Shale to the New York City markets, and that's already having a major impact on New Jersey because there's one gas pipeline that goes through Sussex, Passaic, and Bergen County that's already under construction. They're proposing a second loop to that one that would go underneath the Monksville Reservoir, which is part of the North District Water Supply Commission's reservoir system, and that provides basically Bergen County's water supply. (laughs) I mean, that's another source of water for 2.5 million people. That's the Tennessee Gas Pipeline, and they're tearing apart a forested area to install this new pipeline, and it goes through 50% of the project of the second loop is on Green Acres land, which is our public land that they're getting a bargain basement deal to lease out the land, and then and their um, no net loss plan to reforest the area is very dismal. It doesn't provide, um, it doesn't ensure that the area will be, the temporary workspace will be reforested. It doesn't ensure that the um, ecosystem that was there before will be restored. And what we've seen with gas pipelines is that it changes the whole hydrological pattern around it because instead of the water percolating back into the underlying aquifer or running underground into the, to the river, it'll actually flow parallel to the gas pipeline. So you're changing the whole hydrological pattern under underneath. And that's just one gas pipeline. There's also one proposed in Hunterdon County that will go through um, Green Acres land through threatened and endangered species habitat along the Raritan River. And there's the Spectra Pipeline, which proposes to go underneath Jersey City. So we have serious concerns with um, health and safety about installing a gas pipeline underneath one of our largest metropolitan areas. When the statistics for gas pipeline explosions is um, in the last 10 years, there was over a thousand deaths related to a gas pipeline explosion. And then we're also expecting Algonquin uh, to come in and ask the DEP to upgrade their pipeline, which runs uh, through Bergen County. Thank you for listening to RLC WVPHFM in Piscataway 90.3 The Core. My name is Sarah Morrison and I'm your host here on Core of the Matter, a weekly public affairs show. We're talking about the hydraulic fracturing process known as fracking. Highland Park recently became the first town in the nation to ban the practice from their town, but since they don't have any, as Kate Millsap described, there's no shale to drill for for any materials or anything. There's all not much we can do other than, <laughs> other than take a moral stance against it and that's what Highland Park did as along with several other towns in the region and Kate Millsap discussed with us the effect of this ban. Here we go. This, without further ado, here's Kate Millsap here at 90.3 The Core. 
So this leads me to a threefold question. A lot of this seems like it's Pennsylvania and New York doing the worst damage. What effect will New Jersey policy have on something that's out of state? Second part is, does New Jersey even have any control over this water supply and where we get our drinking water from? And this leads to the third part is, how is it possible that so many different contracts can be breached, whether it's endangering protected lands or protected animals or simply dumping what's a essentially boils down to dumping in a river similar to when uh, chemicals were dumped into the Raritan River. It's almost on par with each other. How, how is it possible that this system is allowed if so much already established safety regulations are already being broken? Well, the first part of your question was New Jersey policy can we pursue. Right now, there is a bill in the Senate and Assembly, Bill S-2576-A-33-13, and that would ban hydraulic fracturing in New Jersey. Right now, we're pushing for amendments that would ban the importation of wastewater and ludges, drill cuttings that would go into our landfill. And we're also asking that they amend it to say that no water for fracking can be withdrawn to Jersey. So you're right that most of the drilling is going to be occurring in Pennsylvania, but there are actions that we can take to keep it out of the water bodies that are fully within our state. As for how would they be able to dump this in our rivers with the current uh, laws that we have, a lot of the fracking compounds aren't even regulated, especially because we don't know what they are, that wastewater treatment facilities would you know, even be looking, looking out for them. Um, most don't have standards on radionuclides and would not be looking to treat that. Uh, the United Methodist Church uh, in central and northeastern Pennsylvania just came out against fracking officially, and one of the reasons that they did so was, was because um, one of their members named Karen Weiss was an well, is an environmental engineer, and she worked on, on developing wastewater treatment plants to treat fracked water. And she would design the plants based on what the drillers were saying would be treated. And then she would, they would do test runs with the water and found that through the plant's recycling process, the water still wasn't clean because there were other things in there that they still hadn't disclosed that were added and that they weren't prepared to treat. So even when the plants are built to the driller's standards, it's still not treating everything, and many of those chemicals are not regulated because they wouldn't be naturally occurring in our in our drinking water or from... or are not used in traditional um, industries that enter our drinking water. Banning the importation of wastewater, which is what you mentioned is part of the bill, how would that affect New Jersey citizens' access to drinking water, or would well, it? Unless it contaminates our current drinking water supplies, if we act now to protect them by banning the importation of wastewater, it shouldn't um, impact the drinking water supplies except for those dependent on the Delaware River and the DNR Canal, which is why 
we have major concerns because if the fracking um, moves forward in Pennsylvania and New York, you'll still be putting the drinking supply for those 3 million people at risk. And I guess uh, we would have to you know, look for different water sources. That's one of the reasons why the League of Women Voters has become so involved in this issue because they're very concerned with what the state will do to make up for that lost water supply, especially when the state water supply management plan hasn't been updated in, I believe, it's 15 years now, and you have Bergen County entering a uh, a drought condition every summer. Going back to Highland Park, will the ban they place just have a symbolic effect? Because it doesn't strike me as if they're able to go out and say we're not going to take water supply from X place or Y place. I, is it more of a symbolic move in order to bring attention to this? Because right after Highland Park did this, measures went up in many, many, many different places in New Jersey. Princeton almost immediately passed their own. Play, uh, Chatham, I believe, were Rejected it. There are a couple places that followed suit. So this trend can only help your cause, not hurt it. But will it have any real tangible change in the way Highland Park accesses drinking water? The Highland Park Council passed the resolution to ban fracking. So and they could not issue permits if somebody wanted to build a well pad in Highland Park. And their local sewage treatment plant cannot accept fracking wastewater based on that. They would, I mean, the DEP is the one that really regulates what can be discharged, but the local sewage authority can say we're not going to accept this based on the municipal uh, governing body is. Uh, decision. However, the resolution besides banning fracking in the municipality um, also asked for the DRBC to adopt strong rules and it urged the state legislature to support the ban bill and it asked our federal legislator to support the FRAC Act, which is the Fracturing Responsibility and, sorry, the Fracturing Responsibility and Awareness of Chemicals Act, which would remove fracking's exemption from the Safe Drinking Water Act and require the disclosure of chemicals. So that is more of a symbolic move, but it also did ask for those three pieces as well. So there's a structure to it, meaning that they want to see some change and they hope that passing a resolution will get people going. So far, there's been seven communities that have uh, passed uh, the, the fracking resolution, and we are hoping that more will consider it in their communities and adopt it. When Highland Park, you, you mentioned, you explained that Highland Park has the ability to not take water from certain places or reject certain suppliers. Where would they get other water from? Would they have to search for something ineffective, and would that would they have to search for something more more clean, more effective, and doesn't involve the fracking process? And will that bring availability down in Highland Park and will it drive costs up? Well, the local sewerage authorities treat local sewerage, but then they can also enter contracts to accept and treat wastewater from somewhere else. So the municipality can just not enter into agreements with companies that are asking them to process wastewater. Okay, great. Um, And then I guess the last thing that I wanted to uh, touch on was that this rush right now is for Marcellus Shale uh, 
development. However, there is an underlying shale formation called the Utica Shale, which does come into New Jersey in Sussex and Warren County. And the Utica Shale is currently being developed in Ohio and Ontario. And we're very concerned that in 10 years, they could be coming to New Jersey and asking for uh, permits to develop natural gas here. 10 years ago, they were saying that it wouldn't be economical to develop the Marcellus Shale, and look what's happening to you know, Pennsylvania now. So even though um, if the development is only in Ohio and Ontario now, it could come to New Jersey very shortly. And we're especially concerned because right now, all of this infrastructure is going into eastern Pennsylvania and even New Jersey. As I was saying, they're expanding the gas pipelines um, already here. So when they begin developing the Utica Shale um, fully, we're going to be very attractive because they won't have to do the infrastructure upgrades. They'll already have the expanded pipelines and the new compressor station and everything that they need so they can come here and try to develop the gas without all those infrastructure costs. I'm your host, Sarah Morrison, and we're talking about hydraulic fracturing or fracking, the uh, water extracting process that's got a couple of environmentalists incredibly upset at the quality of drinking water and of the environment that it harms around it. Our very own Amy Bronstein spoke with Jim Walsh, who is the New Jersey chair of Food and Water Watch. This is a national organization, and uh, she spoke with him about the dangers of, frac- of fracking and the implications that the ban that Highland Park Pass is going to have on the practice. Without further ado, here's Jim Walsh. Hydrofracking is, is a process that we're very concerned about, where you actually take literally millions of gallons of, uh, of fresh water and mix it with chemicals and sand and pump it into the Earth's crust in order to actually fracture uh, rock formations and extract natural gas. And this process is concerning to us and a number of people because of the uh, impacts that we've seen this have on on drinking water, uh, open space, uh, air quality, um, and public health. And the reason a lot of those things uh, come about is one is the chemicals that are used in this. Many of the uh, chemicals um, that are used in this mix are are known carcinogens. But then also when um, the process of fracking is happening and they're pumping this water down, this water, when it comes back up, is also pulling up with it all of the things that are in the Earth's crust. And one of the things that's been found in uh, the wastewater uh, from uh, fracking uh, is is actually radioactive waste. Radon and radium are actually occurring elements in the Earth's crust. And when these fluids come up, it can contain those things. And then that waste can be, um, is is then... then take in sewage treatment facilities, many of which don't have the capacity to actually treat radioactive waste, and then that water can then also then wind up being discharged into waterways, which are then downstream drinking water sources for other communities. So that's a, you know a major concern uh, with the process, and also the, the aspect of taking millions of gallons of of, of water out of. Um, either groundwater or from surface water is a tremendous problem, particularly a state like New Jersey, where you know we generally have poor water management as a whole. Where we, you know continually in our state, we're we're going between drought and flood, drought and flood, drought and flood, 
and we just don't have the water resources to be using for, for these things, particularly freshwater resources that can be used for drinking water and, you know, something we need to live. So we're very concerned about, you know, the process from start to finish with fracking and the actual process of fracking itself. Recent studies out from Duke University have found that wells, drinking water wells near fracking sites actually have been contaminated with methane gas from fracking activities where it's led to people actually being able to set their tap water on fire. Oh, like in uh, that movie Gasland? Yes, yes, they talk about that in the movie Gasland. Um, any of the listeners want to go on online and Google set my tap water on fire, I mean, there's plenty of YouTube videos that show people doing it as well. And so we're, you know, all very concerned about, you know, the process uh, for this, and which is why, you know, we're calling for a ban on fracking and, and communities like Highland Park joined this call and are calling for a state and federal ban on the process of, of fracking to ensure that that drinking water um, is really, you know, protected and, and, and the protection of that drinking water is put above the profits of large multinational corporations that, you know, frankly seem to care more about their profit and bottom line than protecting public health and the environment. And there are effects on climate change or, you know, people often say that this natural gas is, you know, more carbon efficient or, or something, but uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the methane that is released? Uh, yeah, there's actually some uh, studies out recently that saying there actually might be more global warming gases released through the process of fracking than through coal. And a lot of that comes from looking at the full cycle. If you only look at burning coal and actually greenhouse gases are released from actually burning coal, versus greenhouse gases that are actually released right when you're burning the uh, gas. Then, you know, you could say, okay, this is cleaner than gas. But when you look at the full cycle, this in terms of methane uh, being released, you know, from these wells when the drilling is taking place, you look at the aspects of actual process of fracking and the energy that goes into that, the whole cycle isn't necessarily better for global warming. It may actually, according to these studies, be uh, worse for global warming than greenhouse gases. And I'd heard of another study that was looking at the, uh, and I, I don't know if this had been confirmed or if they're still studying it, but the potential for hydrofracking in causing tremors or, or earthquakes. Actually been a, a number of concerns raised about fracking and earthquakes. And some of those concerns are from the actual process of fracking. Other concerns are from one of the processes of waste uh, disposal is what's called injection wells, where they will actually take fracking wastewater and actually just inject it right into the Earth's crust. And Arkansas has actually experienced these, and um, there's been a halt to the injection well um, because of that. And then Britain just recently concerned uh, actually about that, and there's a company there that I believe is suspended fracking after small tremors that occurred that, that may be linked to, to fracking. Who is doing the fracking? One thing that's important with this is, you know, it's, it's companies that folks are very familiar with. You know, yesterday there was actually a hearing um, at the Delaware River Basin Commission where a company called XTO Energy was looking to get a withdrawal of up to 250,000 gallons of water uh, per day. And the concerns uh, with that or that company is actually a uh, subsidiary of Exxon. So it's, it's many of the same gas companies, uh, you know, and oil companies that exist in the world are responsible for this practice going on or the ones um, facilitating it. I think that, you know, even how this process came to be where it is now is something I think it's very important for people to know and realize that fracking is really um, something that 
what we're seeing now is, is a rush towards for, for gas drilling that we really haven't seen. And there's a couple of factors that have, are allowing that to happen, one of which is actual proactive exemption to laws that are meant to protect public health and the environment, such as the Safe Drinking Water Act. Where fracking companies uh, and the federal government actually cannot force compliance with safe drinking water standards for uh, the fracking companies because of something that's generally referred to as the Halliburton loophole, which was actually passed in the 2006 energy bill that was championed and, and pushed through by then Vice President Dick Cheney. And Halliburton is a company that's very involved in, in gas and, and oil drilling, and that's why it's been called that. And this process of, of gas drilling is, is really going forward at a rapid pace because they don't have to comply with environmental standards um, that are meant to protect public health and the environment. And, and uh, there's also um, dynamics of cost that because gas prices have been increasing, it's become, this process has become uh, more profitable. Um, a lot of companies back in a few years back, there was less fracking going on because it just wasn't, it wasn't profitable for them to do that. And now with gas prices being higher, uh, they actually can make money off of this process. And so I think it's important to just kind of know that those, you know, the economics of what's happening as well as you know, some of the policy things that, that are going on that, that, have, or that have occurred that, that are facilitating this process and, and really putting public health in the, in the environment at risk of serious long-term contamination. How did uh, Highland Park wind up coming to ban the, the process of hydrofracking? Well, you know, Highland Park is, you know, a community, I think, that's really um, a leader on a lot of general sustainability issues. And one of the things that Highland Park um, did is they actually this, uh, was brought before the um, Board of Health by some community members in Highland Park who've been working with Food and Water Watch. And, and the Board of Health evaluated this, looked at it, looked at the actual, you know, practice of hydrofracking, looked at the resolution, invited folks, uh, representatives from Food and Water Watch to come and um, answer questions about this practice. And and, um, and then the Board of Health made a recommendation to the council to pass the resolution. Then the council reviewed that recommendation and the resolution and unanimously passed this, this resolution through the uh, municipal council. And so it was a combination of, you know, research within the government entity itself and looking into the issue and, and local residents getting involved and, and saying that, you know, our community uh, needs to, to make a statement about this. And, and Highland Park then, you know, was actually the first uh, community in the country to call for a state national ban on fracking and really, you know, something that they started this. And since that's happening, look around the country. There's actually, um, we have on our website, um, if people go to foodandwaterwatch.org slash fracking, we actually have an action center that we've created where we're tracking these um, actions against fracking, municipal resolutions, state actions, and things like that. Uh, and, and since this happened, um, there's been over 40 um, actions so far that have um, uh, happened um, across the country. And there's more and more uh, we're moving towards every day. And we've actually, on that, uh, on that fracking action center, um, people can not only track the resolutions, but they can also download a, a, an action kit that actually gives them some information on how to pass the municipal resolution. It gives, it, it gives them a sample resolution that they can take to their um, municipal officials or their environmental commissions or board of health to, to get these to get this passed. It also provides them with petitions, and and our staff is um, able to you know, work with people and, and give them some advice and, and think through these campaigns and help them think about how to organize these efforts in their communities to get these passed. Um, we've also, you know, just last um, last week I was in Wachung uh, Township in, in Somerset 
uh, meeting with the Environmental Commission there. The request of uh, some local uh, folks there that are working to get a local resolution passed there and had um, an hour-long conversation with the Environmental Commission about this. And uh, it was a new issue for a number of members of the Environmental Commission, and they're going to be they're looking at the information we provided from them, and we're expecting them to uh, make a recommendation to the council uh, at their next meeting. That's great. I think I heard that Princeton had passed a ban as well. or um, Yeah, Princeton it? also has done that. Um, in New Jersey, I think we're up to seven communities have actually passed uh, municipal resolutions against fracking. But I would have to go to the list to make sure that uh, the map, just to make sure that's correct. But I think we're up to seven communities so far that have done this. And this is, you know, in the context of, of New Jersey, was really the first state in the country to start moving um, legislation around uh, a ban on fracking. And uh, when earlier this year the Senate Environment Committee passed a bill uh, out of their committee that would ban the practice of fracking in, in New Jersey. So that this, you know, is really something that was started here and, you know, in, in New Jersey and it has continued. It really um, is starting to spread now uh, across the country. And, and Highland Park is a great part of that leadership and, and working to make this go forward, too. And Princeton and the other communities that have really gotten out front of this you know, really early in the communities that are looking at it now will be an important part to continuing to show massive public opposition to this practice of fracking and actually passing a, a ban that will make sure that, that this practice actually isn't um, jeopardizing public health and the environment. What do you think it is about New Jersey that, uh, that made them come out in the, the forefront in the, the push to uh, ban fracking across the state and nation? You know, uh, there's a lot of public concern in New Jersey specifically around, and what really created a lot of momentum around this is what's happening with the Delaware River Basin Commission. And so I mentioned, you know, a little earlier about the hearing that was held yesterday for XPO Energy's water withdrawal. There was actually, earlier this year, uh, regulations were introduced through the Delaware River Basin Commission that would allow fracking in the Delaware River Basin. And for folks who don't know, the Delaware River Basin Commission is a multi-state agency that's charged with protecting the health of what's really a national resource and the drinking water source for um, over 13 million people. And that agency put forward regulations that would allow fracking in the Delaware River Basin. And that really was what precipitated a lot of this, that this fracking was actually going to be coming into our backyard, that what is, you know, and could be contaminating the drinking water source for, you know, over 13 million people, you know, in the region, uh, 3.1 million people in New Jersey. And I think something, you know, coming that close to home um, really resonated with Jersey residents. And there was just immediately a large backlash from people in the state around this. Uh, when that hearing um, was happening, 39 uh, New Jersey legislators signed on to a letter to the commission asking them to put a halt to these regulations um, and not move forward with these the regs that they're they're working to move forward. So the, there, I think that was really what kind of started this energy moving forward uh, around this was the, the immediacy of what's happening in the Delaware River Basin Commission right now. New Jersey is uh, somewhat against that, but it's Pennsylvania. On, that's the side that the fracking is going to be on? There are shale plays in New Jersey. In the northwestern part of the state, there are shale formations that do contain petrohydrocarbons. Uh, and so, but immediately in this region, one of the things that's being cracked is what's called Marcellus shale. Our shale deposits are much deeper than the Marcellus shale deposits. And so there's not immediacy for the industry to, I think, come into New Jersey. We don't have, you know, a lot of leases. You know, we don't have leases that I know of that are, are pending. 
you know, and, and permits that are pending or anybody, you know, companies that are actually trying to frack right now in the state. But in Pennsylvania, there are. There's thousands of, of well sites that the industry would like to um, dig in and start wet, uh, drilling right on the other side of the Delaware from us. And, and you know, a spill in that region or um, potential contamination of groundwater because of fracking could have a serious impact on, on the drinking water of our state. And I guess that brings me to my next question, because there's not a lot of fracking going on in Highland Park. What does the, the ban mean you know, for, for policy and, and life in Highland Park? And, um, and what are you trying to do in passing all these bans where there aren't, sure. where there aren't well, necessarily well, fracking? What we're, well, so what we're doing is, is that um, so the, the resolutions and communities, how we set up a, a draft resolution for communities to review, um, does two things. It, it calls on state and local officials to move forward with state and federal bans on this practice, but it also gives the opportunity for a community to enact a ban in their own town. Because some areas are actually, you know, in, in danger of being fracked, and, and those communities don't want that fracking to take place there. Buffalo, New York, um, has actually passed a, a similar thing where they actually could be doing fracking. Pittsburgh is also another large community that has actually passed the ban on fracking within their communities. And, and Highland Park, you know, did that as well, which, you know, is... Um, you know, there aren't shale deposits under Highland Park that actually could be where fracking could take place. So it's largely a, a strong symbolic measure that basically says, you know, if this is good enough for the rest of the country, it's good enough for us. And so, you know, I think really um, by Highland Park choosing to pass that part of the measure as well um, is really, you know, a strong statement in, in that regard that they really do um, not just, you know, calling on these things to happen for other places, but be willing to um, actually take these steps do we as, you know, consumers of energy and, and gas have any ability to say, know where our gas is coming from if it came from a hydrofracking process or from a, a less um, invasive process? Or is it all just PSE&G gives us what they give us? Yeah, unfortunately, the distribution lines are set up in a way that you really can't tell where uh, your gas is coming from. Although there are um, pipelines right now that the gas industry is working to build through pristine wilderness areas like the highlands and also densely um, packed urban areas like Jersey City are, are seeing what's being, you know, with the, the Spectra uh, energy pipeline, which would actually, um, and these, these pipelines are being built to transport fracked gas through New Jersey and into New York City. So one part of this is, is actually, um, you know, consumers can work to, you know, prevent this from, from happening is to actually fight these pipelines from going through pristine areas and, and through urban areas and, and from being built. There's also, um, you know, some things that are happening nationally. There's a bill uh, in Congress called the NAT Gas Act, which would actually provide large, like, huge subsidies to companies to create artificial demand for natural gas. Uh, which would further um, basically create markets for this fracked gas to, to, to go into. And so, um, you know, resisting um, passage of, of, you know, large subsidies to create artificial demand for um, fracking and, and natural gas and fighting these pipelines are things that, that folks can do um, in addition to pushing for a ban on these things to actually, you know, help pre- prevent fracked gas from coming into, uh, into their communities and, and other places around the country. Yeah, so what is, uh, what's next for the um, Food and Water Watch uh, anti-fracking movement um, in New Jersey and, uh, and beyond? Sure. Well, there's a, a lobby day that's being planned for uh, June 20th uh, with a number of organizations to lobby elected officials and legislators uh, about uh, this ban bill and work to uh, show the broad public opposition to this. And so we need everybody to come out 
to that that hearing. Um, also, you know, I think that uh, you know, right now we're you know really working hard to get these municipal resolutions passed. We also this summer um, are working and, and have a number of volunteers who are going to be going to farmers markets and fairs and festivals um, all summer long, collecting petitions from everyday voters um, and asking, uh, supporting the ban on fracking to just be able to continue to demonstrate and show this broad opposition. And so if folks are interested in, in getting involved in that, they can email me um, directly at jwalsh at f is in food, w is in water, uh, watch.org. And, um, you know, we can plug them into, you know, any of these activities and campaigns. People are interested in passing a local resolution in their community, you know, getting petitions signed from, from their friends and neighbors um, or going out to a fair and festival. Uh, and, it, you know, all would be really helpful to this effort. And we, you know, have, have a lot of volunteers who are already doing this and can always use more people who are interested in helping to build this movement and uh, make sure that fracking isn't, um, you know, essentially destroying um, the drinking water that we need to live. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us here on The Core of the Matter. Um, is there anything you'd like to say uh, in closing about uh, the movement? Yeah, you know, I, I just want to, one, thank you again for taking the time to cover this really important issue and raise awareness uh, about this and, and really can't stress enough the importance of, of civic engagement and involvement in this. The, the gas industry is extremely powerful. They give millions, if not billions of dollars of, of money um, you know, is spent by that industry in campaign contributions and lobbying, PR campaigns. And, and the only thing that's going to stop this is people getting out of their, their recliners, standing up, and, and, and really working to, to make sure that, that this ban is enacted. And so um, I can't stress enough the importance of, of people getting active and getting involved around this issue. And if, if you've ever thought about getting active and involved about anything, and, and you haven't, you know, now is the time to do it. Because this is really the drinking water that we need to live is what's on the line and what's at stake here. It's powerful words. <laughs> well, thank you very much, and uh, have a wonderful... Uh, I'm your host, Sarah Morrison, on Core of the Matter, our weekly public affairs show here on RLC, WVPHFM, Piscataway, 90.3, The Core. We're talking about hydraulic fracturing or fracking, which is uh, the uh, water process that is getting into our drinking water and setting a lot of environmentalists or anyone who drinks a little bit of water, which I'm assuming is 100% of you out there. We spoke with Highland Park Committeeman John Erickson because Highland Park was the first town in the nation to ban the practice. And we're going to hear from him why Highland Park is a leader in the environmental movement and specifically in fracking. Here we go. Without further ado, here's Committeeman John Erickson. The fracking ban that was introduced a couple of weeks ago, it passed in Highland Park Borough. How did that happen? How did that get burned up to Highland Park government? Well, what, uh, we were approached by uh, Jim Walsh of uh, Food and uh, Water and uh, asked if we were interested in pursuing it. Uh, it was referred to the Board of Health, and the Board of Health developed a resolution for the council to adopt, and the council adopted it unanimously. Unanimously? You don't hear of that too often. Uh, in Highland Park, we're pretty much a consensus-based government. Okay, so what what did this ban say effectively? Well, uh, it asked the, the state and federal government to ban fracking and also support the, uh, the fracking bill. There's, a, there's actually a bill that was in, introduced at the state, and there's also a bill at the federal level, both of which would restrict fracking. Now, and there's no real uh, shale deposits in New Jersey uh, that are could be... Uh, Fracked, uh, if you want to say it, 
so what we're really talking about is what's going on in Pennsylvania and the possibility of Pennsylvania and upstate New York uh, using the fracking technique to uh, develop natural gas out of shale deposits, which has a great deal of potential to pollute the, the D- Delaware River. And the Delaware River is the source of our drinking water. Uh, we get our water from the Delaware and Raritan Canal, uh, which is a historic, if you don't know, it's a canal that was built in the 1830s to transport goods from uh, Philadelphia to New York and back. Now it's used by the state as a, a major supplier of water for communities in central New Jersey. And over 70% of the water that Highland Park gets, and this is true for Piscataway and Edison, and I, New Brunswick also gets the water out of there, uh, comes from that canal. And that canal gets its water from the Delaware River. So if the Delaware River were to experience a major fracking accident that would result in pollution in the river, we would all be getting the benzene and methane and whatever else, other chemicals. And we don't actually know what chemicals the companies are using to do fracking. Proprietary information would be in our drinking water. Okay, so is Highland Park yet to be affected by fracking, or is this uh, a preventative measure? It's a preventative measure. Right now, before the Delaware River Basin uh, Commission, and that's not exactly their name, but there's a commission, a compact between Philadelphia, or not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York that oversees uh, the development of the Delaware Basin. And um, they're considering allowing fracking. So it's a preventative measure in the sense that we're asking them not to do it. Okay. What's amazing about Highland Park, which is a tiny town, pretty not usually on the map for big things. It's pretty quiet. Right after Highland Park introduced this, first town in the nation to do so, first of all. All of a sudden, Princeton introduced it and passed there as well. It was introduced in Chatham, but it didn't pass there. And it was set at least seven different boroughs right after you did, brought up and brought similar legislation to their own town councils and um, either tried to pass it or it's up for passing. How does it feel to know that Highland Park is setting a, starting a trend here in terms of raising awareness on an issue that really affects, yeah, it affects the tri-state area, but if it's at a federal bill, it's on a national level as well. Well, it, it makes sense that Highland Park would be a leader in this because uh, we're a, a community that's very heavily related to the Rutgers University. There are a lot of faculty and students who live in Highland Park, and so they're, they tend to be more up on current issues. Um, and, uh, for example, we were the second fair trade town in the state of New Jersey after Montclair. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that we may be a sleepy little town, but uh, there are a lot of people in Highland Park that are interested in, in local, national, and international issues. So what effect do you think this ban is going to have on the fracking process? Well, to be honest, the corporations uh, that are using fracking include ExxonMobil, uh, Shell, um, Halliburton, Boone Pickens. Uh, they're just, you know, they're, they're people with a lot of time and money. Uh, and I, I assume that they're going to be able to um, uh, overcome any fears that uh, people might have about the process of fracking. And fracking is something that's already going on in much of the United States. It's happening in eastern Pennsylvania. Um, and I was talking yesterday to a person who's a member of the uh, council in Pittsburgh. Um, and he, you know, they, they have had very little success in stopping fracking from happening in their area. And I, I'm, I'm afraid that that may also happen here. Do you just want to keep fracking out of Highland Park, or are you hoping that this has an effect on well, other states as well? Well, there's no there's no fracking that's going to happen in Highland Park because there's no um, there are no shell uh, shales uh, to drill in Highland Park. It, it, it may happen in um, Western Pennsylvania where it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you hear a lot of people asking, "Why do you even pass this in the first place if there's no such thing as fracking in Highland Park?" Or how do you ban the practice? Do you not let the water in that was fracked? Like, let's just to use a better term. Well, the water that goes through the fracking process, 
let's say it happens, does Highland Park just not use that water? What happens? Well, if, if, if fracking begins in the Delaware River Basin and, uh, and the river is polluted, um, there's not much we can do. We don't have an alternative source of water. Um, our water is, uh, is treated, and I think that what would happen is Middlesex Water Company, who is our provider of water, um, we contract for water, is we'll have to come up with better uh, techniques to uh, purify the water. They, they probably don't do a lot to reduce heavy metals and uh, chemicals out of the water now, and uh, they would have to if, if uh, an accident uh, occurred, which would mean the cost of water would go up. It's even worse for New York City because New York City doesn't actually treat their water, uh, a lot of their water, because it's, a, it's such a pristine quality. If fracking was to pollute New York City's water, uh, they would have to. it would be a huge investment the city would have to make to purify that water. Do you know what the purification process would be, and would Highland Park have access to it? There are cities now that actually do treat the water that's been fracked, um, and they have been relatively unsuccessful in getting the, some of the chemicals out. So what they essentially do is they try to dilute the water so that the, the amount of chemicals in the water is reduced. So do you, uh, do you hope that this has an effect? Uh, d- did you expect Highland Park to have this much of an effect in other towns in New Jersey? You never know. The other towns are starting to take the same position. Uh, there is legislation introduced at the state level, uh, and I'm not sure what chance it has of passing, but uh, both Senators uh, Gordon and uh, Greenstein and Assemblywoman uh, Wagner have uh, introduced legislation, and, and we can hope that it goes through. And essentially what it would do, because the Bel- uh, Delaware Barrett Basin Commission is a compact between in the states, it would direct the state of New Jersey representatives to essentially oppose fracking in the Delaware Basin. Would you try to have a role in that in the state level, meaning going to Trenton and lobbying for it? Oh, uh, sure. Sure. I was down in Trenton uh, earlier this week uh, and met with senators and uh, assemblywomen, and, uh, and hopefully it will pass. I'm not sure the governor would support it, but he might. Uh, well, he has come out and uh, he has addressed the fracking issue. hasn't gotten uh, uh, head on with it, but it sounds like he's not in favor of it as of right, as of from what I've heard. Uh, I, I think you're right. For more information on Core of the Matter, the weekly public affairs show at ninety point three The Core, visit our website at thecore.fm. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Core of the Matter. We are on Facebook as well. Search for Core of the Matter at 90.3 The Core. If you have any comments or suggestions for a show topic, email public affairs director at thecore.fm.